Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Team Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Joining me today is Travis. Ma, Clunky. How you doing, guys? And Paul Tassie. C-Team. No, wait. C-Team. <laughs> Nailed it. Thank you guys so much. So, we are in week two of Season of the Splicer. We are all caught up on the story. We've been playing it, some of us more than others. And uh, I want to hear your thoughts. Um so I'll start with you guys because I think I'll be less positive. So Travis, why don't you're next in the in the line here? Why don't you take it away? Sure. Yeah, uh, season of the splicer. So the first thing is that you know it had some pretty interesting story development so far. Um, it kind of strikes me as like we're uh, we're kind of making allies with all of the imperfect kind of allies around us in Destiny, which I think is really interesting, um, and it's an opportunity to. Uh, Kind of you know make friends with the fallen and the cabal which have probably been like the less evil of you know they're definitely not as evil as like the hive or the darkness and uh preparing for that final battle so that was really interesting seeing fallen in the tower and, and interacting with mithrax is really interesting in the politics there so that part i'm really positive on um the other thing that i'm really positive on is the uh, weapon sandbox um, we got a ton of new weapons this season and it's Kind of awesome like i i'm i'm actually genuinely surprised especially with vault of glass happening tomorrow we're going to get even more weapons and, and a new set of armor i'm i'm kind of really excited to try those out in crucible and and just see how they play and that sort of stuff so that's been really fun and, and being able to uh, chase after some new god rolls and that sort of thing um the other stuff that that is not as exciting for me is you know the main content we're playing overload is sort of just a, a kind override. of boring override sorry <laughs> override overload is something else uh but yeah override is a is a really um kind of boring pve uh, six six match made activity um i you know i've done a lot of it not as much as paul it sounds like but quite a bit and uh you know it's kind of something you can do while you're doing something else like it's not really like a, a thing to focus on or else you go crazy so i've been running that a little bit and uh pvp still badly needs love i'm not loving that either um the the uh weekly story mission i think that we're supposed to do expunge we've only kind of gotten one chapter to that but it sounds like we're going to get more in the future um i liked it that so far but it's, it's, yet. that starts next week has it yeah. Has it not? Okay, so I, I kind of assumed that the mission we did at the very beginning where we find Mithrax was like phase one of that. <laughs> no, but it's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll see what that ends up turning like. But I, I guess my point is that there's not a lot of story content beyond that original uh, intro mission. And so we'll see how that goes. But until then, uh, the main activity we're doing, the PBE activity, is, is sort of not super exciting to me. So 
Paul, you're playing so much that you know the name is override and not overload or whatever. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it takes, <laughs> takes a lot of play time to get that one. Uh, yeah, Just so teasing, to put the, Travis. To put this in context, I have maxed out oh, no. every upgrade in the Splicer Gauntlet that you can get. Uh, I did that a couple days ago, actually, and I've been now uh, using my currency to focus farm umbrals. So I have been doing a lot of override. Um, not because I love override so much, but because I love this loot pool so much. Um, I am, this is, this might be, I think the best seasonal loot pool we've ever seen. Uh, Grid Skipper is becoming one of my favorite pulse rifles. Chroma Rush is one of my favorite auto rifles. Uh, this breach grenade launcher is easily my favorite breach grenade launcher, uh, with slide shot and combined with the, the, uh, grenade launcher mods from the season. Um. And even, you know, branching into stuff like the new, the new fusion is good. The new crucible hand cannon. I like, like there's a lot of stuff there. The new, I got a really great, uh, Shuria's wrath from trials. And then we have the whole vault of glass loot pool still to come, which I assume some of those will be great too. So we are, I, I that has been my primary motivator where I am trying to farm a bunch of very specific roles and I'm getting through a lot of them, all the new swords that came back, even some of the future war cult weapons that came back through really good. Uh, so loot wise, I am very happy, uh, override itself. I am somewhat mixed on it's, it's very clearly something that was at once, once upon a time, a public event. <laughs> uh, I, I have to believe that was the original design intent for it. Uh, only they realized that people don't like public events when they are clearly public events and rely on kind of random people coming to the instance. So they just made it a six man match made activity, uh, which was a request from some of the past public event seasons. Uh, the problem with that is like. Six players almost feels like too much for this. It's like too crowded. Yeah. And I often barely feel like I'm contributing much because everything is just dead by the time I, I look at it uh, because it's not really a particularly high power level activity in the first place. Uh, and then like this week, like the boss, even even with health gating, the boss dies so quickly with six people, you know, doing breach and clear grenade launchers and thunder crash and, and things like that. So, uh oh, there's a ghost. <laughs> spooky spooky it's mithrax <laughs> yes um so that's my my initial impression of uh what's been going on so far whereas i i get the critique of override and i don't think it's as good as battlegrounds but i really enjoy uh the loot this season so far well, yeah, I think you're, I just want to, I want to echo that. Like, I think, I think Paul's totally right. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think Paul's totally right about like the activity, just having too many people, especially given that the enemy density isn't super high. It just feels like there's a lot to do and, and you can kind of just stand there and watch it happen if you really want to. Yeah. Some stuff uh, I just, yeah, like I, I said on Twitter, yeah. I don't run the gauntlet part because someone is always going to beat me there to the end and I'm always yeah. going to be pulled forward. So like, I feel like it's a total waste of time. To even try to do the gauntlet part but then like in contrast yeah. i'm always the guy who runs into the portal to like kill the one champion and get the data thing to dunk because that actually makes the event go much faster and it's like yeah 70 of the time no one bothers to go in there so it's very very yeah. odd activity i'd say so for me uh i'll start with the positive and what i like about it i actually like that uh the story beats are pretty easy to go through basically you play one round of override and I would have never remembered the name of the event either, Travis. So I was just teasing you. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the story stuff is good. It's always compelling. I am so unengaged this season, though. I don't feel like there's a, a really good hook for you to be doing this event. Uh, the story stuff itself is, is fairly interesting about finally integrating with the, the Fallen for the first time. But then you go fight the Vex, and I don't feel like they've done a spe spectacular job of explaining the, the correlation between the two 
two factions. We just know the fallen are displaced and we're trying to help them out. And then there's like the sort of drama between the people of the city who still don't trust them and how uh, uh, people like Ikora are saying, well, no, we're going to help them out, you know. And um, the event itself, Override, it's it's very monotonous. It's, it's very boring. I feel like I've played a similar event a lot of times. Uh, the loot pool, I feel like I have everything that I would need in my kit. And I think the, the main problem that we're running into for me and why I'm feeling so unengaged is, Paul, you said you, you grinded and you leveled up the whole thing. This is the third or maybe fourth version of that we've seen. If you, if you count the ones that have been added and then removed from the game um, from a few seasons back. Um, and then with the exotics, the exotics that you're chasing, it's the same thing. They're not going to go away anytime soon. There's no sense of urgency to do anything, especially seeing that the event's going to be here. So I'll sign on every week. I'll play the story mission just to see where the story goes. But I don't feel like there's a good narrative hook really right now that's going to get you know, most players to sign on and, and check it out. Like I don't feel like there's anything crazy happening yet. And that's my main problem with the event. So I do like that I can play for 30 minutes and be done with my story mission for the week. And um, I, I think that should be semi-concerning. I have to wonder, I, I think I'm in the minority for the community. I think most people are enjoying the weapons, enjoying the armor sets and doing that chase, but I'm just very unengaged and not particularly interested. And when we talk about PVP later, when you see the consensus that PVP is bad from the community and you see some of these clips, that we're going to go over that's incredibly concerning because pvp is when when the pve stuff isn't that interesting to a player they usually go to the pvp sandbox but stasis is all but ruined pvp for most players it has definitely lost its sense of speed it's spent its sense of snappiness and uh Honestly, I'm quite concerned about the, the PVP sandbox. I know they say they've been working on it, but it's been however long and still like, what's the answer to stasis? It's a very difficult question for them as designers because they've introduced this new power that a lot of players really dislike in the PVP sandbox. So do you guys want to transition to PVP or do you want to comment on anything that I've addressed as my like slash concerns for the season? Um, I'll just yeah, say I one think quick we should thing move about... I think it, I think it's always been hard to make the Vex storylines compelling because the Vex are just sort of this weird, unknowable, immortal force, whereas it's been a lot easier to sort of humanize Cabal and Fallen and even Hive to a certain extent uh, and, and kind of learn their motivation, whereas the Vex just, it, it, it's so hard to kind of be very engaged with the Vex and that storytelling has always been kind of uh, tougher to digest for me. And even though we are in this new era of like storytelling is actually really good now. I think the storytelling that's good this season is all the Fallen stuff and the Vex stuff is pretty much nothing. And even if Coria or whoever's coming later, I still don't like, you know, just because something's a taken mind that is owned by Sabathu, and I don't know if that makes Coria compelling by by themselves. So I, th I think that is one problem that the story has, but I think this is something that has always been an issue with the Vex personally. I think yeah, what, I think what I they're agree. doing, Paul, is they're bringing all the factions together, and it's going to have a grandiose uh, event later on once you have all these uh, factions aligned, and then you can go into like a big battle. But right now, everything still feels siloed. Like yes, the the storytelling is somewhat interwoven, but like we got a phone call from Crow the first week, and then just nothing about every every single thing that we did last season with Keitel and everything. That's all just done. We we're not going to hear about that. That story is not continuing. Uh, and we're just doing this whole new thing again. And yes, you're interfacing with Osiris and everything, but 
it's just so disjointed. It feels disjointed yeah. now. I do think there will be a payoff, but when you're when you're in the moment, it's just sort of um, like I said, not compelling is the best. Way I think it's less siloed than it used to be, though. The seasons used to be just True. so siloed. Like yeah, absolutely. The yeah. one season about the Almighty crashing into the tower, or like before that, like the one season where we run around the basement of Leviathan for Callus for no real reason. Like mm -hmm. I think they have certainly become less siloed. But yeah, you're right that we kind of we sort of like dropped Crow, and he shows up in the lore every so often, but like he's not a character. His story is kind of on pause. I assume that's going to pick up next season with Mara and maybe Dreaming City stuff and things like that. But it, so it, I agree with that to a certain extent. I just don't think it's as siloed as it used to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's a missed opportunity because like like you said, Paul, like the Vex and to a certain extent, the Hive have never really had strong stories. And I think part of that is that we don't have faces to associate with them. With the Cabal, we've had faces, but then they, they kind of switch the faces too often, right? Like Gaul and then you just learn who Callus is and then all of a sudden Keitel's in the picture. And it's sort of similar with the Fallen where, you know, I, I don't even remember the name of the, whoever it was we killed in Beyond Light. Like I've already forgotten that lady's name. Like Aramis. it's just so, yes. there you go, Aramis, there it is. Uh, She's not dead. She's so, just frozen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. She, she, I, they did set that up. Um, but I, I think, I think it would, would be kind of an easy fix to just give like, uh, somebody in Vex, like give them a face, like give some character, someone that we can kind of associate with. And I get that they're all a hive mind, you know, person, but there still needs to be like a character There's in the Vex. Harpy with like the yeah. blue light. That's like the friendly Vex that talks yeah. a little bit, but that's it. <laughs> other, other than that, that's it. And then for the hive, you know, since Oryx, we've really been hurting for like a face of the hive. And I think we've got Sabathun, but we've never met her at this point. She's like an EU character, you know, that, that we never actually see in the game. Uh, and, and I, I think that they need to, they need to do something there to actually make these and hopefully not kill them off right away. Like give somebody a face and like keep them in the game long enough for them to actually, uh, you know, get some clout with, with the player base. That's what I think. So I'm going to continue talking about story, but I'm actually going to use it to talk about armor synthesis. I am, I'm fairly upset <laughs> with how they've handled Ada with an armor synthesis. They basically took her out of the game. They brought her back to sell you stuff. And she's an amazing character. And for her to just come back and just be like, do this mission for me. Okay, cool. Go to the, go buy stuff. You know, they, they did that with uh, Tess Everest back in Destiny 1, and now she's been a vendor in Destiny 2 forever. But to do that to Ada, that's just sort of, it just feels like really messed up to me. I don't know why. But just give me a, a different character. Don't just make Ada a vendor. Please utilize her further than this base storyline that we've gotten about uh, how to synthesize our armor. Uh, how do you guys feel about Ada's usage for this mechanic, and how do you feel about the mechanic itself? Uh, Travis? I think this is like this is their go-to move, right? Is if if somebody was in a story and they no longer have a use for him, they make him a vendor. Lord Saladin is just an Iron Banner vendor now. He used to he, he had his own season. He was like a character, right? Now he's now he's just a vendor. Uh, Saint Fourteen had his own season. We saved him. Now he's just a vendor for trials. And now we've got Ada doing this thing. It hurts especially because Ada is literally just there to help sell microtransactions, like. You know, or or to and also they we can talk about this later too. But it turns out armor synthesis is time gated, so it's just like the hits just keep on coming with the system uh, and, and how it operates and all that. But you know, at least they gave her like a kind of touching monologue about how you know she's kind of pulling herself back up from the bootstraps and trying this new thing. Now the thing that she is trying is to make it so your armor can look a different way and have no actual 
effects on your stats, which is kind of sad, but hey, you know, it, at least they gave her some like, hey, this is my pivot monologue, uh, whereas we, we haven't gotten that from other vendors necessarily. So, uh, but yeah, it's not good. It, it definitely doesn't feel bad when they do that, or it doesn't feel great when they do that to uh, their characters. Paul, I'd love to hear your opinion. I'm just asking you this live, but for, for my game, it seems like I am actually able to easily synthesize multiple pieces of armor after doing like the first three steps of the quest. Did that happen for both of you or no? Yeah, because you get you get 11 free ones per, per class for this season with like the introductory stuff with it. And then you have to switch to Grind. 10 of these, these quests per season. And what's happened is my original thought about the cap is not really the main problem. The main problem is what Travis said, which is the time gate. And the, the quests themselves are like hit and miss. Like I think the Crucible quests especially go really fast. Like if you're just a normal Crucible player, you can finish those without even trying. Um, the yep. longest ones I think are the world quest ones where it's like do 10 blind wells or something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the time gate itself is, uh, I think it's synth strand. I've lost track of all the little bits and pieces of it, but it, it literally cannot drop more than once every two minutes. So you can't just go to the throwaway and farm it infinitely. So it just, it takes so long to be doing essentially anything to get up to 150 synth strand that the cap doesn't matter because like, unless you are just playing a metric ton throughout the whole season, like it is very unlikely you will even hit the cap. Uh, I am worried that Bungie's going to use that data and be like, see, no one even hit the cap, like, or barely anyone did. So the cap is fine. But like the real issue is, is the drop rate of that. And like, it sucks because like, on the other hand, uh, transmog is great. Like in practice, like when you're just, when you have the ability to have all these, you know, 10, 10 free ones off the top of your head and you can just go down the list and pick your look. And like, I have never had more fun with fashion and armor and design stuff than I have with this new transmog system. I've made multiple looks even in the first two weeks here for, for all of my classes. I like the ability to have access to every single shader. Uh, and I'm, I'm using ones that I forgot existed that I, I wouldn't have highlighted otherwise and being able to apply them to everything you're running at once is great. Uh, but I know, you know, I'm, I'm running low on my freebies and I've only finished a, a handful of these quests, even playing as much as I have. And I've, I play more than I'm sure almost anyone, but I'm only at one or two completed quests out of 10, uh, per, per character. And like, I this is not something that you can really just grind by itself. Like this is something layered on top of like, if you are doing this other stuff, you will complete it. But this is going to be something that feels terrible. Like if you were just like, okay, I'm gonna log in and grind out 150 cent strand, that is going to be atrocious. And it's it's maddening because like, this is such a, like the, the implementation of this, like the UI, how it works is, is great. But the fact that they wanted to make it just so obnoxious after these, these this free, uh, once they give you is, is going to kill it. And you, you go from like, I want to experiment with all this stuff to like, okay, I really got to pick my favorites here. And like, yeah, I could transmog this entire new set of fallen armor, but like, maybe I'll just do the, the cloak because it's not worth using, you know, five free things. And it's like, it's five hours per piece of transmog essentially. So do it, it creates this opportunity cost in your head of like, Oh, is this really worth five hours? Like to do this one piece or like, is this set really worth $10? Like if I have to shell out for it. So it's, yep. it's just, a, it's a great system that is marred by microtransactions and the ability or their desire to make money from it. Uh, I, I don't know if they are, I, they have to make some amount of money from it, but that has, has really tainted it and has made it a obnoxious grind that I can't stand. <laughs>
And and all that context, I want to follow up. How do you feel about Ada's implementation and her storytelling? Um, her her little initial book is is interesting. I think uh, I I agree that I hope she would be used for something more than this in the future because I think she was a great character. Uh, Black Armory was you know kind of minimal on story content, but her specific story that we learned was actually very good. Um, it would be nice if she had uh, an actual role in in the seasons coming up, and we could you know, restart her forges and, and get the Black Armory weapons back and, and get new Black Armory sets. Like, I would like a return to Black Armory, honestly, more than I'd like a return to SIVA. Everyone's liking SIVA and, and stuff, <laughs> but, like, I would take Black Armory-style stuff over SIVA stuff. I, maybe you can merge those with some sort of storyline or something. But, um, I mean, I'm not, like, I guess offended by her use here, but uh, I, I would like to see her expand in the future, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's just it's just sort of disappointing because I think she has so much potential. Uh, the other the other category that has been uh, reworked is definitely PvP. Marion, uh, if you could play the clip from Jay Overrated that was trending on Twitter. Jay, thank you for letting us use this. Check Jay out at twitch.tv slash Jay Overrated. But basically, uh, he was just showing off with the new the new weapon where he can freeze a player during trials and then he's just a monster for doing this. He he purposely threw the game but like just to see this it it's very concerning for me to see stasis in this way because it just makes me feel like how is this what they want for PVP or anything even close to this cuz we've already known it slowed slowed down they've corrected some of the aspects that they released this season but it just keeps getting worse it seems like and it's not getting better when is Bungie going to take a look at PvP and make some corrections? Travis, what do you think about everything going on, and when do you think that's going to happen? Yeah, uh, it definitely needs addressing. I don't know what their plan is for it or if they have one because it sort of is, I mean, slowing, even slowing people, but especially freezing them fundamentally is going to change the sandbox and how the game feels, and it clearly has. And this sort of... Obviously, I don't have a problem with the way that sidearm works. Uh, and, and Paul and I have been uh, talking online about the, the merits or lack thereof of that actual sidearm. But um, the, you know, the fact that it is yet another thing that can slow a pit player in their tracks and that combining them can just make one player stand there for 30 seconds unable to do anything, it just doesn't feel good. Um, I think maybe the solution to it is to do stuff like what they've already done. Uh, the Titan exotic for the boots that we have right now is actually an extremely good exotic. And I would say it's like triple S rank for PVP. Like it's just so good. Uh, you know, somebody throws a withering blade at you and slows you down. And then you gain so much damage increase that you can two tap somebody with any hand cannon in the game. Like that's really good. Uh, and so um, I, I think that they can create counters in the sandbox so that if people are using cheeses like that, there can be an answer to it. Uh, obviously, the simpler solution would be just to kind of change the way stasis works at a fundamental level. I think that that would require such a heavy lift in terms of changes to the way the powers work and sunsetting of items and all that stuff. I mean, they just added another sidearm to the game that freezes you. So clearly, in their minds, they're still developing this rather than 
you know, retconning it. So I think that that's their plan um, if, if they have one. And I think maybe the solution is just to create natural counters in the sandbox to to deal with that because the Titan Boots is just one example. And honestly, it works great. Like I, I've had a lot of success using that in PvP and I've seen people online basically say the same thing. Like, yeah, this actually makes makes uh, hunters like question whether they should throw that withering blade around the corner because they're giving you a huge advantage if they hit you, which is kind of cool. And uh, Paul, how do you feel? Do you feel like I'm being hyperbolic? Do you feel PvP is really in that bad of a state? What are your thoughts? No, for once, I think you're not being hyperbolic. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm taking, I'm, I have a more hardline approach than Travis. I, I'm at this point, I think I'm just, I'm done. Like, I'm not quitting density PvP or whatever, like, but I think in terms of me trying to brainstorm solutions for like how stations should work and, and whatever, like, I, I don't think there's an answer that's, that's sandbox based. Like, yeah, cool. Like those, those boots are very good, but like we are literally developing specific exotics now to counter one subclass. Like that, that to me is like, we're just getting more and more convoluted here. And it's like an arms race where it's like, okay, well, you got to give every class an anti-stasis exotic that like negates the purpose of stasis in the first place. And like, you know, where, where does that kind of end? And I have taken the hardline position of, I think stasis should be disabled in at least competitive PVP modes, uh, trials and iron banner, especially if not all of PVP, I know that this is a, a controversial idea that not everyone agrees with, but I think the majority of the player base might agree with it and be probably something Bungie will never do. Uh, but I, I just don't think what they have done so far is remotely enough. Nothing has changed in six months. Uh, we are still seeing stasis dominate as much as it ever has, even with nerfs to like, I don't know if this is the worst it's ever been because just think like all freezes used to be four seconds. Like uh, the, sh yeah. the shards from Shatter used to like just insta-kill you. Like they have nerfed some things and yet they have clearly not nerfed it enough where it is not still being used by in like 60, 70, 80% of PvP games. Uh, and, you know, when those, if you have like a 12-man Iron Banner game and 10 people are using stasis, like you're getting frozen all the time. You And the only way to counter that is either wear those Titan boots or freeze other people with your own stasis. Uh, and people wearing the Titan boots, by the way, usually may be running stasis themselves <laughs> because it makes yep. them immune to stasis to a certain extent and then also able to run it uh, themselves. So I, I don't see a way out of this. Like they've already talked about like, yeah, we're going to look into things like accuracy when slowed, like, but like fundamentally slow and freeze do not work in most PVP games. Like if, if it does, it's something like Overwatch where you have May where it's one character on a team that is like slowing or freezing. It's not like six maze, whereas Destiny is six maze. Uh, and these little changes they made are not doing anything. And then they are off, like, they're not doing enough. They're not doing anything close to enough. And the then they just have additions thrown in. They're like, oh, we made all the hunter stasis grenades a lot better. Okay, like that's not great. And that's like three steps back. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun in, in PVE, I guess, but uh, I guess the only good news is that that sidearm is so terrible that most people just don't want to deal with it. So you don't see it too, too much in, in PVP. But generally speaking, like, I don't think we are any further along in, in progress and fixing the stasis problem in PVP than we were when it arrives. I, I know there have been some nerfs, but fundamentally not enough has changed. And I do not believe enough can change, like, unless we have this, you know, 12 anti-stasis exotics in the meta or something that it, it just goes crazy. So I... I think it's in a bad place, and I do not know what the solution is other than stasis should not be in PvP, I don't think.
Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. I think PvP is in such a state of disrepair, and it has been since they introduced Stasis into the sandbox. They had something really, 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 really snappy to the point that like competitive players were were playing it. Like uh, I know somebody went over to 100 Thieves, and and he was playing, and all those players are basically fed up and they're done, or at least that's the the emotion that they're conveying. And for me, a casual player who worked to get better with the original subclasses. To introduce a power that stops you dead or or slows you, and it's just not fun. It it doesn't feel like a, a Destiny PvP game anymore, and I, I just feel like it's a joke. PvP is a joke right now. I don't think it can ever be taken seriously until they get Stasis out of it. And maybe you disagree, but that's fine. There's so many people online that are just done with Destiny PvP, and when you lose that half of your player base, that should send up major red flags to the, the PvP team. I, I think I can handle PvP for about, I don't know, a day, maybe a few hours before I get totally fed up and I just don't want to play anymore. And um, it's really, really unfortunate because I do think that with the original subclasses, they're fine. But with Stasis being introduced, Stasis needs to go, period. To the point that I don't even want to play if Stasis is still in PvP anymore. You know, not the whole game, but just PvP. I know when I sign on to PvP, I'm not going to have a good time. And I don't think that's what Bungie wants. All right. No other comments? <laughs> uh, we got Vault Harsh. of Glass. My, my only comment is that I think the sidearm's underrated. But that's it. <laughs> yeah. Stasis got to go out of PvP. Come on. Just call it PvP Classic, and it's just light ability. Like, it seems yeah, like I mean, there's options. I'm okay right? with a I'm okay with a light playlist. I'm I'm just not as like extreme that like there's no way to fix it. I think they've made some improvements, some the other way, but like they're they're the developers. Like they they'll figure this out. Iterations and you know it just it. I get what you guys where you guys are coming from. Like it sucks right now, and it sucks for six months. And how much longer is it gonna suck? Like, but but this has sort of been my opinion of PvP for like four years in destiny basically since destiny 2 came out it's been like wow pvp is like not as good as it was in d1 and then they slowly get a little bit closer and a little bit closer and then sometimes they take a step in the wrong direction and uh i, I guess my perspective of a pvp main is that like i'm kind of used to this, this like just i'm just different used though, to because like things suck all the other problems it's like okay this gun is problematic this specific subclass super is problematic for these reasons but like this is an entire subclass and not just the entire subclass. It's like the core concept of the subclass. So like, th this is the problem I don't know how they solve is because you, if you eliminate freezing and slowing from stasis, it is not stasis like that. It, it doesn't even exist. So I, I don't know what the answer, like what the sandbox answer even can be here. Yeah. Unless, I, mean, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I think we actually have faced maybe even bigger problems in pvp like when destiny 2 vanilla launched you had two primary weapons and no special and then the, the heavy ammo slot remember that like that was that was devastating to pvp and, and, and we had it for it a long time a i think it was like a year it was like a year it took a really long time and so how do they fix it by eliminating double primaries not by like that's true changing the sandbox to accommodate double primaries better <laughs> like they that's just true and, and so and so maybe maybe they will maybe they'll find a way to cut stasis out of pvp i, I have no idea but my, my point is like there's been large problems with pvp before and 
you know, maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe they won't. I don't really know, but, but uh, I, I get where you guys are coming from. I don't know if it needs to 100% be taken out, but I definitely understand. Like if anybody ever said that to me, like take Stasis out of Crucible, I wouldn't be like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I get it, you know? So. No, not Stasis said nobody. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Vault yeah. of Glass is right around the corner. It comes back tomorrow, actually. So our next episode, yep. we'll probably be talking about Vault of Glass. I'm actually excited to give it another run. I don't really care about the day one thing, but I'll probably run it within the first week. Probably just going to LFG it. Uh, how are you guys feeling about it? Are, are you excited? Are you going for day one, Travis? Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna do challenge mode. Um, I, I, I love Alta Glass. I've done every other raid day one as well. So I'm actually going to not only try to beat Vault of Glass, but I'm going to try to do the additional uh, challenge mode that you play afterwards, which is, I'm not, you know, I'm not going for world first or whatever, but I would like to be uh, day one completion for all the world first requirements. Um, I have a pretty cool squad, some people who've done it and some people who've never played Vault of Glass before. So I'll be really interested to see uh, what their impressions are. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's not the most exciting because it's a raid we've already done a bunch of times, but the return of the existing weapon, seeing if I'll be reunited with my beloved Vex Mythoclast, uh, and, uh, and and getting to kind of see other through the through the eyes of first time players who didn't play the original D one raid, I think it's going to be uh, really fun. So I'm excited. Hey, and if you if you need a a, a group to play with a Destin, I'll I'll roll with you. I can I can get a group of guys together. So all right, hit all me right. up on Xbox. Maybe I'll hit you up. Uh... 23 hours after it launches <laughs> yeah there it's you easier. go and you can use your uh, hunter scale boots again there we go that's right yeah Once they're, they're made legal those. Yeah. paul Thoughts. i found out a few days ago i have a wedding to go to tomorrow <laughs> so i wasn't going to run day one but now i can't even watch the raid race because it's going to be during the whole day so i'm gonna have to sneak glimpses on, on my phone uh Granted, I know what to expect with it. For the most part, I'm I'm hoping I don't miss some sort of significant story thing they've been hiding that's like a surprise in the raid or after the raid. Uh, but, I mean, generally speaking, yes, I am looking forward to Vault of Glass. Uh, I'm curious to see how uh, the weapons perform in the current meta, what they have done to Vex Mythoclass to make it more interesting. I am curious to see, I guess, to see uh, how players who have never experienced Vault of Glass will take this raid because, like, raids have kind of evolved to the point where they were a good deal more complicated and challenging than Bog originally was. Uh, and I want to know what they have done to make it more challenging outside of these like worlds for stipulation things that will not really be requirements, you know, for anyone going forward uh, outside of certain instances. So um, I, I, I really want to know how this is going to go. I still think it's a little weird to bring back Vault of Glass in a Vex focused season and not have it relate to the story in any way. Uh, so I am hoping for some sort of Surprise there. I don't know how high my expectations actually are for that since they have been kind of explicit that it is not supposed to connect to the story or have a new story or whatever, but uh, I guess we'll see. Um, I Yeah, I probably won't run it until later next week as well. Uh, and I will uh, just watch on my phone when I can in the bathroom of this wedding. So <laughs> <laughs> just sneak away. I do you? Do not you? kidding. I the will ring? do. <laughs> you just run up. Oh, sorry. They, they yeah. just beat Athia. These are like <laughs> friends of friends. So I, <laughs> I don't feel too bad. All right. Well, it's good to hear we're all excited a little bit about uh, Vault of Glass, but I agree with you, Paul. It's weird that seems like a ripe opportunity to integrate the story in some fashion maybe there'll be a cutscene after it's defeated by the guardians they they've done that with like a last wish and such in the past paul weren't you saying wouldn't it be cool if when we enter the final encounter we see 
our raid team from D1 finishing the loop, and then we come in to yeah, restart I, the fight. I have like, many that would theories be about what would be extremely cool that I am not actually yeah. expecting to pan. Yeah, there's a, there's like a zero percent chance of that happening, but I thought yeah. that was a great idea. Yeah, it would be awesome. <laughs> Uh, Travis, anything else you want to go over for this episode? You still have a few things. Well, we want to show. Now. Yeah, we've got crossplay. I know that's pretty huge. I think uh, there's going to be a beta next week, so it's. I think it's going to happen before on. next episode. They had it turned on. Accident. Yeah, on accident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it seemed true. to be working fine. That's awesome. Um, hopefully, they don't have to pay any of those royalties to Sony for having it turned on accidentally. But um, oh god. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm excited about crossplay. I think anything that helps the sandbox integrate together in a, in a better fashion is great especially in something like strikes and i think that's where they're starting right there yeah. i have no problem at all with a pc player playing with me in a strike playlist that is there's no worries whatsoever anything pve actually uh, that sounds great uh you should be able to yeah. toggle in and out of it but travis what do you think this this is good mostly i'm worried about pvp yeah but for now great yeah, I'm not super worried about PvP. They already said that they'll have an option to disable crossplay for PvP specifically. So I might do that. I, I honestly, I might challenge myself because I do play on controller even on PC. Um, granted, controller on PC works differently than on console and is a lot, there's a lot less recoil and stuff. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's still possible that I'll do it. But what I'm curious is like, how do you think this is going to change the way that you guys personally play Destiny and and the people that you know? How, how do you think it'll change the way that they work? Because for me, like, you know, I'm in Brian's clan and I never play with those guys because they all play on PC and I play on Xbox mostly. Uh, and so my clan roster is usually just empty. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really excited to get back into it and, and start to see those guys. And I think it will change the way I play because whereas before Destiny had me jumping on different platforms you know i'd play on playstation if i was like i, I played with uh, d flawless a couple of weeks ago and i, I jumped on playstation because that's where he's at i play with my guys on xbox and then when i'm playing with my clanmates, i go on pc and so i think the way it'll change for me is you know going forward i don't have to buy multiple copies of destiny 2 and all the expansions i can kind of just like stick with one and play with all my communities and it doesn't really matter where they're playing and i think that's going to be kind of a game changer for me and and for the community it's like a, a kind of a huge quality of life improvement for everyone especially the hardcore who are having to buy multiple copies of the game um and the other thing is like it's on game pass it's on stadia uh and and for those communities now their accessibility has kind of been opened up because they can play with friends on any platform without having that barrier of entry of you know having to buy the game when they have access to it free on another platform uh so I, i'm kind of excited for it man i think this is really big uh and and i'm definitely gonna hop into the strikes beta playlist just to test it out next weekend so wonder if you guys will do that too of course paul what, what are your thoughts yeah I, I think it's very good for the health of the game overall uh, i'm i'm hoping my biggest hope is that it definitely works very well from a technical perspective because i literally i mean this might be an outriders thing because outriders has so many problems but crossplay is on in that game and the lag was was so bad that I had to turn it off. And like, there's still lag, but it was definitely worse with crossplay on. Uh, so that's like the only potential downside I could see is if if your game is, suffers somehow uh, through through uh, crossplay. If not, that would be great. Um, I think it will probably affect the more general player base more than people like us, where I, I hop through all different systems all the time i play i probably split 50 50 uh, between playstation and pc now and then i i just have this uh like essentially a trials group on just xbox now that i jump on there and play sometimes and like 
I don't really care about switching platforms, like I'm picking up one controller over another, like that doesn't really bother me. But obviously I know that everyone does not have a gaming PC and a PS5 and an Xbox uh, and all these things that they can switch to. So this, for, for those people, it will eliminate those barriers that had previously been up. Uh, so as long as this isn't like a big technical meltdown thing, and it seemed to be working okay when they had it on before, I think that is probably good for the overall health of the game, and I think most games should have crossplay. So it's it's good to see that expanding. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's all we really have to go over. We have time for the Bungie please section, Travis. Oh no, I didn't think of one. So uh, I think, yeah. Well, I, I've well, got wait, one. Wait, 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 wait. You guys I, wait. I, no. I want to go first, and then we'll let Paul go. Okay, go so ahead. I just want to say. Bungie, please, uh, thank you for giving me Eyes of Tomorrow, like my second run, and I that was really, really appreciated. Oh, my God, and then, uh, I hate Travis, or, or, no, wait, Paul, were you able to get your Eyes of Tomorrow yet? I'm just, just wondering. <laughs> no, I wasn't, but I haven't run it uh, a fraction of the times as Travis, so I, I don't feel too bad. <laughs> Travis, Travis what, what's your status with the Eyes of Tomorrow? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so Destin, Destin's having a, a, a fun with me because he saw in the run of show that this was my bungee, please. But I, I haven't really talked about this much on the show. People on Twitter have seen me talking about this, but we're, we're here for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't have Eyes of Tomorrow. I've run, I think I've run 50 lootable raids uh it might be more than that but I, I would have to check raid report but uh i was one of those guys who i was just doing it weekly on one character before the patch and then once they did the patch now i'm doing it on all characters so uh i've been running it in sort of like the maximal way that you'd want to do it since the beginning and this was my last week to get it before vault of glass comes out which is significant because once vault of glass is out it's going to be a much harder to convince my friends to help me with uh uh, this old raid that they know I'm not going to get the drop anyway, right? Because my luck is <laughs> in Destiny is always awful. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I didn't get it this week. Um, there's a, a community on Twitter of people who follow me who have the same problem. Some of them have run it more than me, 80 times, 85 times, uh, all the stuff, all lootable clears, and they don't have it. So my Bungie Please is Bungie Please either admit that the drop rate is very low and even if it goes up a little bit it's it the amount of times you are expecting us to do it is ridiculous or look at the drop rate and make sure that it's working correctly because either it's broken or when you guys said oh yeah your rate goes up over time what you meant is that it goes from you know 0.9% to 1.2% over 20 clears like just mathematically there there can't be people who've run it 80 times and don't have it if it goes to a point where it's a guaranteed drop after enough runs, like how many runs do you want it to be before it's a guaranteed drop? Like I, I just, I need, there needs to be some transparency here. I just have to know what's going on. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll probably end up buying it from a, from a damn vendor uh, once, once the raid gets sunset and they offer it in the, uh, the, the tower. So that's where I'm at. That's my bungee, please. I'm very upset. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be with you on that one. Bungie, please help Travis get his eyes tomorrow next week. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I had the same problem with Anarchy. I think I ran for Anarchy 30 times about, and yep. and I think they patched it after, or it was like the week that they patched it, it finally just dropped. So I, I think there's definitely something going on with your loot. It's broke. It's broken. There, yeah. There's no question in my mind that it's broken. They said it was broken before, and then they said it, they fixed it, and they didn't fix it. Like, that is readily apparent because it is mathematically impossible 
for this number of people to be going this many clears without it. So like, I don't really, I don't even, I don't think this is a question at all. And my concern is that Vex Mythic class is going to have the same system and be the same kind of, ran I, I think it should be a random drop chance, but not if it's going to perform like this again, and you're going to have people with 60 vault of glass clears not getting it. So I, I, I don't know why this hasn't been addressed. Like this is one thing where they specifically said they fixed it and that is clearly not true. So I, I'm not sure what it's going to take for them to kind of go back and, and look at that again. So I, I don't know. I, I won't make that my budgie, please. But I, I agree with you that something is, is very wrong, but it seems pretty clear to me what is wrong. What's your, what's yours then? Paul, if you got one. Uh, I guess I'll do what I was complaining about the other day where just the, the process of resetting your crucible rank now or any rank, oh, I, I guess yeah. is absurd. Yeah. Like because of, of it's, it's all down to materials caps essentially. So like if you have maxed out prisms and or shards, you cannot reset your, your crucible uh, thing or gambit or whatever. They'll, they'll do the Vanguard one next season, I guess, but you have to like sync and you can't put them in your inventory. Like you have to sync ascendant shards into a piece of armor or an exotic or something to free up room. Then you have to buy a shard uh, with your prisms. And then you gotta like, if, you might not be able to afford that. And like, it is like a 12 step process. If you have cat materials, when all it used to be doing, like you used to just like hold down X over the menu and that would reset your crucible rank. And now it is this like ridiculous process that I, like, I, I appreciate that they put those materials in the thing. I think that is a good reward to have. I just, these caps don't really make sense to me because they don't even work because you have like the hardest core players with like vaults full of masterwork legendaries that they are using just to store extra shards because they literally have nothing else to do with them so the caps don't work in the first place so that that whole thing needs to be changed oh my god all right currencies and destiny never make never stop making me laugh and smile it's so funny well thank you both so much we are at the end of the show for this week we will be back soon enough with the next episode but that's it for this time so until next time everybody guardians out guardians out, out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.